stupid punk rock. I don't, you know, I just think of it as rock and roll, because that's what it is. Neighbors. Everyone, loves you like you, love you. I love you. You want to go with that? Sunday, we'll be back in the lab. Your answer is non-sequitur. Stan with the Punk Rock Chronicles here for another edition. I've got our good buddy, Bob the Bastard. Cheers. And we've got actually a couple uh, friends of ours, uh, Jeff Fuerhaken, who actually I've known for quite a while. He is actually the person that helped me launch the Punk Rock Chronicles when it first started. We did a documentary together, the Ill Repute documentary, and I mean, we've got stories we'll go over uh, yep. about that. And then Connor, uh, who jams in his new band uh, that's called um, Fine, Fine Gents. Gents. Yeah. So we're going to get into it with these guys today, but... First of all, thanks for coming out, guys. Hey, man, it's, it's good to see you. It's, it's, it's been a minute. I, I feel like it's uh, everything's kind of come full circle. You know, when we first started this podcast, you know, we, we had no idea like what we were going to be doing and anything. And, uh, you know, with everything happened with COVID and I had had kids and had like no time to do anything. And I'm just seeing what you guys have been able to do, like taking over the reins and and moving this thing on just stokes me out. Like I'm, it's really cool to listen to all the new episodes and everything. Yeah, it's yeah. great. So just to get a little recap, uh, Jeff and I started the podcast about four years ago, and, or prior, about, right? about three years ago. Yeah. yeah, and we actually had about five episodes in. We we're doing them in your studio in Huntington right. Beach, yeah. and actually had some fucking really cool guests lined up yeah i mean we're ready to go and then COVID hit yeah and just shut yeah shut everything down if you guys watch those first episodes you can go back and check them out they're still on youtube they should be on like the punk rock chronicles playlist if you guys subscribe yeah. on youtube yeah, yeah. yeah. i've seen them all yeah, yeah, they're, yeah. Great. They're, they're streaming too they're on our uh, podcast channel so you can, yeah they're actually get a lot of views and listens too all right this is stan mueller and this is jeff hurricane it looks like we've got something special coming down the pipeline it might or might not be a podcast. So, look out, here we come. <laughs> it might be a podcast, actually. It's yeah. it's a podcast. I think so. Um, yes. but yeah, so Jeff and I actually go back. Uh, we did the Ill Repute documentary, and that's, that's just a crazy story in itself. But, uh, you know, I had this idea of doing a documentary, no idea how to do it, and fortunately, bumped into him I don't fucking randomly I don't even know how I didn't really really know how to do it either we just kind of like learned as we went yeah yeah we learned as we went and to be honest it it came out killer dude yeah that was a lot of fun yeah I remember uh, that whole experience of going up to Ventura and Oxnard and just like filming with all those guys yeah I was tripping out you know like because I've I've always loved the older pew I remember seeing them like way back in the day back in like Santa Barbara and Oxnard and everything when I was living in Santa Barbara and man, I'm sitting here being like, oh my god, I'm like interviewing like Tony Cortez. This is so rad, you know. It's like John Fenna, and uh, I remember like meeting Carl and Jim and like just doing all the interviews. And then like, I remember. Do you remember when we went up to go do interviews? Like everybody in the Oxnard scene started coming out of the woodwork. Yeah. Once we started doing the interviews, and then yeah. we just start getting everybody lined up. We're talking to all these people from all these bands. Dude, it, it was, was uh, it was really cool. It was cool too because we actually scheduled because. Uh, what I do, project management, right? So I uh, 
I had people scheduled from like 7 a.m. until like fucking midnight. This guy is very organized. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I gotta give you props for that. And, you know, none of that would have would have happened without that skill. Yeah, yeah, that's that's all I could really bring. You know, the skill of fucking scheduling. Yeah, <laughs> that's well, all. That's a good skill to have, apparently. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, that was fun, man. We, we filmed most of that in that weekend, that first weekend, yeah. right? I think. Yeah. And uh, and then we yeah, did some off off shoots one and, weekend. But, uh, yeah, and then the whole, uh, you know, oh, we editing. Filmed, we'd go back. I remember we filmed, like, Big Bob on a separate day. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh-oh, we got the uh, banners falling down. We started down. talking about the original I shit. Know. Oh, and look at this. <laughs> it all comes falling down. Punk rock, guys. That <laughs> is punk rock. That's fine. Let's have a drink to your head. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just go. No, just run with it. Yeah. <laughs> just talk. Yeah, so anyway, so. So we filmed the documentary, and then we had a year... To edit it we had that for the long. premiere, yeah. Well, not even a year, but remember Jeff Hershey's like, hey, uh, Jeff Hershey was putting on Nardfest, the first Nardfest, yeah. and and he was like, okay, that was the first one. Yeah, that was the first one. Oh, and that the whole thing was to premiere this documentary at the at this yeah. Nardfest. Yeah. So we had a timeline, which actually gave us some you know a reason to do this. And Jeff, man, he fucking you, you pulled it off, dude. I mean, yeah, long hours, man. It yeah, was, it was brutal. I think, yeah. Yeah, you know, uh, it was such good content, and I, you know, I just I believed in kind of your vision for it, and I knew that, you know, I mean, Ill Repute deserves to have their story told. It's a great story. Yeah, yeah. And if we're the people to do it, then you know, like so, so be it. And I, I wanted to make sure that I did justice to everything that they've done. Yeah. So I, I wanted. So to can I interject for a second? Ask a few no. questions. No. Okay. So moving on. Uh, what I want to know is, you guys didn't know what you were doing, so that Not means. Really. That means he had to figure out how to schedule everything correctly and get the artist involved and, and you know, lock him down, which sure. is probably difficult. You had to bring all the equipment and have the right equipment and, and in one shot. Yeah. You couldn't screw up and go back home and come back, and right? No, and, you know, I, I had done stuff like, you know, corporate videos and things like that, but uh -huh. it was never anything, like, on a big scale. It's just kind of like yeah. I had, like, you know, talking head interviews and things like that, so I kind of... Figured I would kind of know what to do, but I, I remember the first day we we got in there and we, we started filming with uh, with John Fanoff, and he he's like a really uh, really accomplished like video producer and editor in his own right, and he's like, oh, you put, you put the cameras like, you put him there, and I'm like, why? We shouldn't put him there. He's like, well, you should put this camera over here on this side. You want you know don't, don't put. I'm like, okay, dude, just to, you you know you you tell me, man, and uh, you know so we had a we had a little bit of a guidance I guess in that regard, but you know it's just those types of situations it's just you just you just fucking jump in and just do it right you yeah. know that's that's how you learn you know you and, and having a deadline and stuff to edit you know kind of like lit a fire under my ass to make sure that i was editing everything to get done in time for this uh for the for the premiere and i, I remember like doing um doing exports of like the entire documentary and stuff with like crash like at the very last oh, I know. last minute and you know we had these old old Macs that like took oh my god <laughs> this is just not hey can we pause it uh, okay so we filmed the documentary and we had a timeline to get this thing done and maybe like eight months to edit this thing like really tight and we're also writing a book my wife's writing a that's book that's right and, yeah so uh, yeah. but the book that wasn't even part of this yet so we filmed the documentary. He's editing it. As we're editing it, we're doing a ton of media, uh, interviews, newspaper, all this, all this attention is getting drawn to this. So it's like now we have to do it. 
I mean, we're, we're saying, yeah, we're going to do this. Yeah, you know? it's gotten hyped up. Now we have to deliver. Yeah, we have to deliver. And uh, and I, I just remember going, because, you know, Did I you lived right up the street. shit moment? Well, he, I mean. Sort of. Yeah, yeah I mean, sketchy. It was, uh, you know, we didn't really know what was going on with the edit. And it was, you know, I was kind of, I, I kind of came into the editing process sort of like later. Like it was originally like being edited and then like I came, came in to do it. And yeah, but by the time I was like really going working on it, we had like what like two weeks or something. <laughs> yeah, it was oh crazy. my god! <laughs> so I yeah I was yeah I was I was cranking through that thing like putting in uh, you know long hours every night. But you know, it, it was fun. I, I loved I loved hearing all the stories from all the old Nardcore guys. Yeah, and, you know, just being able to be a part of that was something that was special for me. And so you know, hearing these stories and editing together felt like a privilege. So it didn't feel it didn't even feel like work for me. It was just something that I felt like. You know, I enjoy doing it. Yeah. Just had to get yeah, it done yeah. by a certain time. Liberal love. Well, so you're, you're stoked on all the bands. And you're just like, exactly. oh, I get to watch all this B-roll. And, yeah. And like get to ingest it all and then come out with something awesome. Yeah. And, and you get to make decisions. I'm yeah. Sure. Yeah. And it was That's definitely sick seeing, getting like all the old footage that you were getting because people were coming to you and like digitizing like VHS tapes and like old school yeah. shit. Yeah. So we got to see a, lot, like, a bunch of like old photos and like live videos and like. All kind of the crazy stuff. Yeah, that was nuts, man. And uh, yeah, so it all came out, you know. And then we premiere it, right? Yeah. At the first Nardfest, and I mean, it was so hyped up. And there was this, it, the we started. I think it started like at three thirty. So the doors opened at three. There was a line around the entire theater to get in. Yeah, I was. And people were pissed they they couldn't get in. They're like, "Fuck, yeah. we, we got in here early to see the documentary, and they couldn't get in." Which was stoked, but it was pretty packed when, when... I couldn't believe there was such a... Yeah, that people were so, like, you know, there's so much anticipation to see the documentary. You know, yeah. I thought that it was just going to be kind of like a little sideshow. Oh, they're showing this, like, little movie or whatever in between bands or before before the band's playing. Yeah. And then, you know, everybody was there to, like, you know, make sure they caught the documentary beforehand. And, like, you know, they, it played. There was, like, a standing ovation and stuff at the end. It, yeah, it people dug it, was it definitely, yeah. I mean, you put the story special. together really well, dude. It was actually really laid out really nice and easy to follow and those guys are so in tune with each other i mean they're like you know really repeating themselves yeah. like one guy would say the same exact thing and it's like i remember that, you making that comments al- that like, always helps because it, it's just like almost like one guy tees off the next guy to tell yeah. the next part of the story you know and it was mean? never like, intended both, to be yeah, that way we yeah. didn't know it just happened yeah, so we, we got we got lucky in that regard we didn't have to like to do like too much massaging of the story it was like it was there like in in the can so it was yeah very easy to kind of like put it together and make a coherent story out of it yeah yeah so from we a, from a fan's perspective we were all waiting anxiously for this, this yeah movie. oh and, uh, fans when, perspective you know, for me too bro like, <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, trust me when i got the book you know i got one of the early books okay, uh, numbered, yeah. numbered books and cds and uh, a poster and everything and uh you know i got a couple from my friends because we're all narcore fans you know for and it sure. was the first time anyone's ever done a deep dive like that in the narcore in that yeah, sense. I, I hadn't seen anything yeah. about the narcore scene. It uh, was it was definitely that. under I think it was under under um, appreciated in a way. You yeah. know, as far as Southern California punk rock. Yeah, there's always been the appreciation of the narcore scene, but like not. Yeah. It, ha- it hadn't really gotten props like in the in the form of like you know any kind of documentary or anything yeah. like that. Yeah. It, it, did it end up culminating in not just the 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 good response for the showing of the doc, but there was an ill repute day. 
that came of that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right? Did all that come out? Yeah, they got proclaimed by the city of uh, Port Wainimi. Yeah, 2014. Yeah. And so, awesome. but we get cited in it, you know, because we're one yeah. of the reasons that they. Uh, yeah. They get we we went to it. We went to like when they <laughs> when they did it at their at the city hall there for Port yeah. Wainimi. Yeah, it was sick. amazing, man. What a feeling, huh? Yeah. I mean, I mean what, is, what a feeling for them too. I mean, like you know, like an old school punk rock punk rock band. Yeah. Has a day named after the city ordinance that's, day of the band for the city sick. because of a documentary. Yeah. And like the well, no, burger. come on, it wasn't no. because of the documentary. Well, it was, it was, it was because it was of everything they've factor. done. But yeah. but imagine being the band. You're, the same band's been like chased out of you know out of venues. Yeah. And, you know. You know. Right. Uh, right. Ostracized oh, by your community. Punk rock band. Yeah. Now you got a day out of here. And yeah. Like, yeah. Sure. Oh, shut down. All We're gonna name a day. Yeah. Here's a day after. Yeah. Now you got a day, dude. Wow. Yeah, that was cool, man. That's but that was good. a good experience, dude. And uh, yeah, I learned a lot. Um, Same. You know, and yeah. just working with you was awesome, dude. You know what I mean? Like, totally. Uh, and we were able to accomplish a lot just DIY style, you know. Yeah, I mean, do it. yeah, I love doing the work, you know, and coming here full circle and like, you know, being on the show is cool. But like, honestly, like, I'd still be doing it with you if I didn't have like two small kids and a family and stuff. And, totally. So it's, uh, you know, it's just nice enough to be able to have, you know, our, our project and still be able to play music. Yeah. You know, it all comes back to that sticker I still have on my, my drum hardware case. It just says, fucking kids. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Where it all comes down. So, yeah, let's talk about you guys, though. I mean, yeah. So you guys both come back from different backgrounds in music. You're from, like, nor Northern California. Yeah, I'm from Santa Cruz. Yeah, yeah. So I grew up in like the, in the punk rock scene, kind of like the late '80s, early '90s. Um, like I was, I was really into like Blast and like Good Riddance right when they first started. Yeah. And uh, you know, we were really my my group of friends and I. We'd go to like house parties and they'd be like you know punk rock bands playing, and we're like, holy shit, this is so fucking cool. Like, you know, we were uh, we were all like big in the my friends were like big into like Metallica and stuff when we first got started. So we said like. Okay, we want to be like Metallica. What do we got to do? We got to start a band. Okay, we're a band. Okay, now what instruments are we going to play? Okay, I'll play guitar. I want to be like James Hetfield. I want to be. I want to play drums. So then we went and learned our instruments, and then like started a band, which quickly became like a punk rock band. And so like you know we, we would we would open for those bands like you know Good Riddance and stuff, and like you know the big like Fat Records bands and Epitaph, Epitaph bands would come into town, and we'd kind of like open for them. But I was uh, in a band called Stench, and and you know you know some of those guys from Stench like, yeah. you know, like Aaron Mile and stuff, um, and that band was uh, you know kind of like in the late '80s and stuff, and we you know it was the scene back in in Santa Cruz in those days was crazy, dude. We we'd go to shows and like you know the entire floor would just be this pit, and we were like these little like. 13, 14 year old kids, you know, just like barging through and just getting our asses kicked and like right. picking ourselves right back up and just running around and just going crazy. And it was like, I, you know, like growing up in that, being able to have, you know, like you have like these feelings of like aggression and like frustrations and stuff and just being able to go and just go fucking crazy in the pit is it like the best release and the best way to like, you know, get those aggressions out and just like really like express yourself. And then, be, then playing music took it to an, an entirely different level. But like, I, I feel like that whole scene, of like the Santa Cruz scene, like in the '90s, like really changed a lot of like who who I was a, as a person fundamentally. You know, as far as like personal expression and things like that. Um, 
I moved down to Santa Barbara to go to college. So basically like stench was kind of like put on the back burner, but, uh, I started a band called sick shift and that was a band that we played. I, I was living in Isla Vista at the time. So we played like all the Isla Vista parties and then we play like, you know, all the, all the shows like the Eddie Numb school shows and stuff that they put on in, in Santa Barbara. And, uh, it's pretty, it's pretty interesting that, um, you know, we put out a record in 1999 called angry badgers and like this was just like this little independent recording that we kind of did on our own we had uh this guy angus cook produce it and he that's he, a name yeah you do you know Ang, do you know Ang, no have I just you heard of him name. he i mean he <laughs> angus cook yeah he used to do like stuff for like Lagwagon and a lot of like you know those bands and stuff he was nice, and, uh, yeah so he basically like worked with us worked with us on this record and it you know we were really stoked on it at the time, you know, just like we had fucking no money, didn't really know what we were doing, but we were able to like kind of make this happen. And we kind of, you know, I, I'd get a lot of like random responses to that record, like throughout the years, like I went on to play in other bands and stuff, which is a whole other story, but I always get people hitting me up from like different countries, like, oh, how can I get a copy of that first Six Shift CD? I'm like, bro, I don't even have a, co- I don't even have a copy of that. You know, you tell me, you know, I, I would like to get my hands on that. I think my dad has one, but that's about it. Um, and so we ultimately got asked by these guys if they would, if uh, we would be open to putting out a re-release, like a reissue of the Six Shift Angry Badgers album on vinyl. And we're like, fuck yeah, dude, that sounds sick. And this was, uh, the, 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 uh, it was, um, the people of punk rock guys, the guys who are our label right now that my new band is on. And so we put we put that record out and it was fucking so cool. These guys like fucking they love they love punk rock. They love the scene. I always think about like you know the stuff that I loved growing up was like uh, you know like the Fat Records scene and like the Epitaph Records scene. And these days those labels are still around, but they're they're kind of different. You know like um, I, I don't know what they're doing. Sometimes some bands are hit or miss for me. But this label, People of Punk Rock Records, they kind of like took that torch and fucking ran with it. Totally. It's like fast, like nice. fast, aggressive, like punk rock, like Shit heavy, melodic shit. Like mm-hmm. it's skate punk, dude. It's like straight right. skate punk. And so that kind of like, the, we ended up jamming together and putting putting fine gents together. And as soon as I told them that I was jamming, they're like, oh, dude, we're put, we want to put it out on our That's label. awesome, dude. So, yeah. They've been so good. Yeah, they've yeah. been sick. Um, yeah, I mean, like, you... Well, enough, yeah, so enough about me. You like what's up with this, Connor here? Yeah, this dude grew up like in the like on the East Coast, East Coast scene, right? right? Yeah, so I'm from Northeastern Pennsylvania. I went to high school in Scranton, and so you guys might office, heard, right? you guys might yeah. heard Scranton, Pennsylvania. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> home of the home of the office. The office. Yeah, the, and in the show, opening dude. credits, you can see my. See so you walking school. right by. Um, <laughs> you see him playing drums, <laughs> right? You see him playing drums. I. Um, We've all gone to shows where we see like a way too young kid being thrown around the top of the crowd, right? That was that was yeah. <laughs> so I'm the I'm the youngest of seven, so I was like my my old my next oldest sibling was five years older than me, and so I'm a little bit separated from the rest. That was a surprise, right? Um, and so my brother Matthew would be going to shows, and he'd be like. 13 14 I was like eight or nine and and my mom would make make him take me along with him I think maybe my first show show I was about like 
nine-ish or wow. something like that, you know? Nice. And so started going to shows, and he was playing in bands, um, played guitar, and he, uh, like, his, and I remember they would be practicing in, in our basement of our house, and this guy, Matt Gray, was playing drums for his band called One-Eyed Baby. And Matt Gray went on to play uh, drums. He played. In, he was like one of the best drummers in like our northeastern NEPA straight edge hardcore scene. You know, it's right. like definitely yeah. straight edge hardcore. Like all Victory Records, Rev Rev, Rev Records, and Equal Vision, nice. all that stuff. So, um, and so he was playing drums in my brother Matt's band, and he went on to play for um, Big Wig. And, oh yeah, you know, like, yeah. And he's a great drummer, and he's a drum drum Love instructor. Big so he was he was like my one inspiration because I'd sit at the top of my stair, and he'd be he'd be playing on my drum set. But I was like really in the piano at the time. And my dad had got me a drum set because he could see I had some rhythm, but he never got me hi hats. And I was just like, fuck, <laughs> this is no hi hats. I'm not playing. <laughs> and so I just kept playing piano. And so Matt Gray would be over playing, and I'd just be sitting there on the steps and watching him play, and he'd bring hi-hats, and be the one time there'd be hi-hats in the house. So they'd play for an hour, and I'd just watch him. I'm, I'm like visualizing sitting on the stairs. My house was born like, eight, it was made in like eight, the 1840s. It was really old. Wow, wow. And it was like dusty and like oil burning furnace and shit, like crazy wow. dark danger. It was like furnace. root cellar and stuff like that. Nice. It was crazy. It was like a haunted shit. And, <laughs> and I'd just sit there and watch him play. And then they'd get up and go outside to like probably go smoke a joint or something like that. I was a little kid, you know? And I'd just like run in running on the kit and just try to play and absorb as much of what he did mm -hmm. and like sometimes he'd see me trying to do it and he'd come over and be like oh, do that or do this or something like that and then so I started getting into it my my brother-in-law uh, Bill would start so showing me some rudiments and stuff like that and I just started playing until my hands would bleed you know like every day after school for hours you know and I forgot the question. <laughs> no, that's great. Though. Well, <laughs> you know, what's my story? Uh, yeah. So yeah, that kind of like started. But like, I was the kid. I would go to shows with my brother Matt and like see everybody stage dive. And I'm like, fuck it. And I just get up and like they they love it. I just go and jump off the stage and people just start throwing you me around. Nine. I was so light. I was you like were nine. I was nine. I was like 48 pounds. You know? Do you remember some of those early shows who were playing? Anybody stick out? From back yes. Um, there was a band. There were bands from from Jersey and New York. There was a band called New School uh -huh. at the time and they were kind of like the like kind of Dreadlocks. early they're like, old school rap rap hardcore huh. yeah <laughs> rap core. and uh, and and a band called Fallacy uh, like lots of New York bands so like Scranton was kind of like the stop that you would make before you would go and do a New York show if you were coming through on tour or if you were leaving on tour it might be like day two or day three of your tour I see and so there was a big place in, in music called uh, CC's and there would be lots of hardcore shows there and there was a place in uh, Wilkes-Barre called uh, The Factory that would that would be and there was a place in, right near there called The Staircase and those were like, kind of like the three big places for shows The Factory sounds familiar Is that, how long is that place? That it hasn't been gone. It's been gone for a long time. But I remember, I I actually never went to a show there. But I remember my brothers going there to see Shelter, um, to go see Nine Inch Nails, to see like Primus and stuff like that. Yeah. Like, but like, our friends' bands, you know, like our hardcore scene. If there was no big band in town, 
we'd have a show no matter what somewhere at someone's house or at a fire hall or at the school for the deaf or different different places like that. And they loved you at the school for the deaf. They loved it. They loved it. They just liked the rhythm of it. Like and, good vibrations. And, yeah, it was good <laughs> vibrations. Wow. And, and um, so like like the local shows with no headliner, we'd probably be like you know three to five hundred people. Nice. Um, and, but like if a big band was coming through or big you know big band to us, right? It'd be like a thousand people or, or something like that. Yeah. But like, um, so like Matt Gray played, and so going back to drumming, Matt Gray played in that, and then there was this other guy, Tommy Widener, and played for like a straight edge hardcore band called Option. And and uh, those are like my two inspirations on drumming. And and like just seeing those guys and seeing them play, and then like slowly I just start making my way up around the side of the stage and just like asking the drummer, like, do you mind if I just chill and watch you play? Yeah, sure. I was like 10, you know, or 11. And they just see this like stoked little kid, you know, watching them. And I, then I started playing drums. Then I started realizing I could be in a band and I stopped playing piano and I just started being in bands. And you got a hi hat. Like yeah, right. Yeah, I got a hi hat. It yeah. was a game changer. Yeah. <laughs> That's all Nice. Yeah, and like started playing, started playing in bands like early in high school. I had a band called Shallow. I remember on my on my fifteenth uh, birthday, it was August second, nineteen ninety four, at CC's, and uh, my band Shallow opened. It was Shallow, Earth Crisis, and um, and Strife Damn, playing wow. together, and uh, it was Earth Crisis record release show for their Firestorm EP, mm. which was like the the big shit, yeah, right? Yeah. Like when that ginger. Like, all E, just E, yeah. all day. And but like the attitude was so fucking awesome. And I remember doing that. And I remember them announcing it's like this is our drummer's fifteenth birthday. And like all my band members were like in their twenties. And like I just happened to be like I got I got good early, you know. And and so I'd play with older older guys. And then and like this like, these. And I remember people saying like you're only fifteen, like a bunch of shit like that. That was like the moment it hit me. I was like. Oh, I'm doing something that like somebody older than me would be doing, you know, and like that—that that was a cool moment. I think but, that's yeah. cool. Yeah, yeah. like I, I remember seeing Shelter come through and play in Scranton. I, like every hardcore band would come and play into another Snapcase, fucking Burn, Orange Nine. Wow. You know, like all all my favorite bands. You know, mm. all Agnostic Front. You know, a lot of Agnostic Front shows. Yeah, Madball, all that stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, so you were deep into that hardcore scene then. Oh yeah. yeah, all hardcore all the time. It was like Jansport backpack with my skateboard and hardcore shows all the day, all day. Yeah. So you guys were doing the same thing, but really far away from one another. Different different scenes, but like yep. you were both live, pursuing that dream, man, and, yeah. and playing your own versions of punk rock. So how did you make your way out to the West Coast? I, I came out after after college. I just came out to like work you know and then like work was slow um so i i i joined a shitty prog rock band in la and then i was like sitting there on the internet with nothing to do at work and i was on the recycler and saw it said i remember the tagline saying prominent east coast hardcore band looks for a drummer for west coast lineup <laughs> and so i sent an email saying saying like i'm interested and i got back this like this is a good story um this long email with like like a it was like it was pages of questions <laughs> and like i read through and i i answered everything and like and it was like 
it started talking about like like religious views like um, are you tolerant of other people's views it was like thoughtfully laid out but then it started moving into like uh, like uh, Krishna. Uh, Krishna consciousness Hare Krishna related <laughs> stuff and so like I did everything but while I was doing it I was like this would be fucked if this was shelter you know, or like 108 or something like that yeah, you know? yeah. or prima or whatever you know like i fucking loved all the, the krishna core shit because when shelter would come through they were special shows they were special there was like they're doing kirtan out in the parking lot and like burning incense it was like a it was an experience of a hardcore show you know wow. in comparison to the, your average hardcore show it was like this really warm inviting dancing vibe like i'm visualizing parking lot in wilkesbury and just like the dancing and stuff like that you know and so anyway i put that in and sent it off I didn't hear anything. So two weeks go by, and I and I just send an email saying like, I'm sure you found a drummer, but just in case, I'm still very interested. I hope to hear from you. You know, and I'm sitting at work. I'm in downtown LA in the Mellon Bank building, and like my f Sprint phone goes off and flipping. Hey, Connor Logan, and it's like this is Ray Capo from Shelter. And I was like. Oh, hold on a second. And I hit mute, and I go in, like, the server room, and I just scream so loud. I go, Whoa! What's up? <laughs> and, like, we talk for a little bit, and, and he's like, so do you know Shelter at all? I'm like, yeah, I know Shelter, sure. I'm, I, I know Mantra really well. And he's like, he's like, can you have Civilized Man and Appreciation ready uh, in two days? and try out I was like yes and so I took the day, next day off work and I just blasted those two songs all day and came in the next day and I felt really bad because we had a rehearsal space with that shitty prog rock band at the time and I just like took it for the night and did my tryout there and it was attached to my friend's house and I thought it was a soundproof room but it was uh, so I'm proof <laughs> and and I locked the door behind us and he couldn't get in because we were playing so loud right and he had little kids and shit like that and as like a dad of little kids now I'm just like I was such a fuck but I was just like so focused on like nailing this yeah. shit right so really yeah. you all learned those songs oh yeah, uh, yeah. They, they, know them. they know them really well but I did those songs and had me come back anyway I tried out against a bunch of drummers over a couple weeks and I remember being with like waking up the next morning after the, the last tryout and getting a voicemail and says like yeah this is Ray you know it's four in the morning and uh, you know would love for you to join Shelter. You, know, you seem like a great guy, and would love to have wow. you. And I was, and like I just like That's ran awesome. into my roommate's room, I'm, and you know my best friend, and we went to shows together in the East Coast. We moved out from Pennsylvania together. I'm like, I'm in Shelter. And we went directly to IHOP. You know, got a <laughs> as you do. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was it was all and like I was a huge Shelter fan. You know, going to Trenton to see Shelter shows in the middle of February and it'd be like just like ten below and packed and yeah. and like or going to you know uh, warp tour and seeing them play and stuff like that what year was this so um for me playing in shelter was yeah. like 2002 2003 okay so it's like the waning years of like the original the like original the original run of shelter and kind of took a break for a while now they're they've been i don't know if you've seen them recently but then it's like yeah. kind of Closer to the original lineup and and really good. And they got Sammy on drums, some fucking monster. You know, he's so good. Um, but 
but yeah, it's it's like it's ironic. It's you had to come all, all the way to the West Coast to, to hook up with shelter from the East Coast, right? Totally. Yeah. That's, yeah. A, That's a good point, right? Yeah. That's, That's amazing. Fun. That's really cool. Yeah. So then, uh, how long did that run last for you? Oh, it was like a year and a half. But yeah. like, did a bunch of shows, and like immediately, boom! I'm touring Europe. I'm touring yeah. U.S. You know, like you did the record, the record too, and we did and we did a record, and actually had him and his old band National of Prague come up and like sing backing vocals on the record. Oh, how yeah. cool! Which was, cool. Cool. Which yeah. was sick. Yeah, we had and, been friends yeah. back then. Yeah. yeah, and and like. Uh, That kind of typical drummer thing, like where you know I'm going out and playing a bunch of shows, people dug it, get people's phone numbers, and then like I get back from home, they're like, "Oh, you're not on the road right now. Can you come and play and do something for us?" And like, yeah, and then I just started getting kind of passed around, and that turned into just being on the road all the time. Right. Then starting my own bands and going and doing that, so just kind of like it kicked me off. Like I came out here to like do work, wasn't really thinking too seriously about music and all of a sudden jump in and, and like <laughs> so that, was that your, like your full time gig was just playing music playing right? music for I would say for like a good seven eight years it was yeah. like the primary focus that's not easy know? yeah yeah I feel that's like awesome. if you have that love for the music it like never really leaves you you know like you right. just have totally. that, that drive where you have to like you have to either write stuff or record it or play play with people like Fuck yeah. You know, it always comes back. It's just the, the, the urge to do it is just too strong. Yeah, because you were doing the, you were out there doing the same thing. You had National Product. Yeah, yeah, right? National Product. We were, like, we were doing that, and, like, um, you know, he'd actually filled in on drums for, like, some National Product shows. Yeah. Our, our drummer had a brain tumor. Oh, uh, wow. And yeah. had to get that re- removed, and that was a very he's scary, fine. scary time. He's oh, okay. good. good he's alive. Yeah. He's still, yeah, he's still doing like great. A brain tumor. So. Yeah, so he, he would fill in filling on uh on drums for for that band and then um you know we we, we had a an 80s like old school punk rock cover band yes oh cool like in like that around like really 2010 fun. That's a lot of fun. called holiday yeah. in suburbia and we just play all like the classics dude it was like punk rock karaoke but without karaoke yeah. 2010 it was great yeah it was like 2010 and yeah he was just reminding me of yeah of the day that was oh, that's fun. awesome yeah so uh so the, like the fine gen stuff basically originally started like um as being a stench project my old band from santa cruz mm-hmm. we got back together and we played some shows and we uh you know we recorded a song for a compilation and we played out like out in punk rock bowling out in vegas and we're kind of like you know this is like those guys are like my you know true friends that i've known and loved for a long time so they give me the call like hey let's play again fuck yeah let's do it so you know uh we had got built up some momentum and then COVID happened and then you know nobody was doing shit um and uh i just kind of had the idea a lot of people were doing this at the time like you know we're so bored let's fucking let's record something you know let's make it out let's make like an ep let's do something and take advantage of the time we can just record tracks pass them back and forth the way the tech the way that technology is right now mm-hmm. you can do you can record an album like you can make any situation happen basically and so this was originally going to be a stent song i would wrote some some demos for these to be stent songs and um you know those guys i love them and it was they had other things going on in their lives at the time where it was just they started lagging and lagging and lagging and so I said, you know, like, I still want to get this done. So we brought Connor in to play drums. And then once that happened, you know, he was like, oh, yeah, you want your drum tracks? 
I'll, I'll track him like a week and then nice and then it was wow. like done you know um I, the bass player chris from fine jets was also you know one of my oldest friends playing music when i said that we want to be metallica so we started a band then learned our instruments he's the one who decided he wanted to learn bass and learn bass so like i've been playing with him since i was like like just turned 14 years old basically that's awesome yeah and so he was jump he was in stench and he came back into stench to do this record and then it became something else and then so it was the three of us and then we ended up looking for another guitar player because we wanted to fill out the sound and not make it be a four piece and that's when we talked about his friend matt who actually played with him in shelter so Matt, our guitar player, was also in Shelter at the, at the, as the, same, at the same time. He was already was. in it. He was already in Shelter when I joined. Mm. And he was playing bass at the time. And when I, when I got in and then met everybody, and, and he, was, he was an okay bass player. He's, he's like, I'm actually kind of, my main thing is guitar. And, like, and I just I talked to him and I said, hey, like, he should play lead guitar. You've got to meet my friend Tyler. And, and so I brought my friend Tyler over to me, and they fucking loved him because Tyler's like the most charismatic fucking dude on awesome. the planet. Everyone loves him. And so not only did I get into one of my favorite bands to play drums, but then I got my best friend, you know, that was my roommate and stuff like that, to be yeah, in a band awesome. with me and then tour together. But, that's cool. But Matt came around because of mixing. Because like right. I, I, I engineered and mixed and was you know mixing our record, but I just like... It was good, but not great. And I was just like, it's missing a little oomph that I can't figure out. And I said, let me try. And then I called up Matt, because he's, he's a really good mix engineer. And I said, dude, take a song, just do a mix on it. Because like, every time I throw him something, he's just like, cool. He's always just down to like do something. He never, he's just, yes, you know? And, and he's very skilled. And so he, uh, he did the song, and like, immediately it was just like, it was banging. And I was just like, this is it. Yeah do the rest of the record. He sent me the rest of the shit. And then he did the rest of the record. I'm like, you like this? And he's like, yes. And I'm like, you should play guitar in this. He's like, yes. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. And that was yeah. it. So like, wow. so you got like two, That's how we all, two old school yeah. bros and two other old school exactly. bros. Exactly. It was like the West Coast, East Coast connection, you know? <laughs> yeah. like Tupac and Biggie, sort of. That's how did you guys settle on the name? Uh, well, we had a long uh, list of names. Really we we kind of thought about, you know, we're it, it, these days we're like, you know, these old guys like still playing punk rock. We're like these like distinguished gentlemen, you know, <laughs> except for not very distinct, not very distinguished. <laughs> and that's kind of where Fine Gents came from. I like it. Yeah. Didn't it? What, I actually, I think it came from my wife. She said something around, uh, so, oh, um, ladies and gentlemen, or something about like. Um, um, you guys are just some fucking it's, it's fine like, gents. Yeah, and then, and then we just said, what if we, and then you said, what if we just call it fine gents? Like, she said something about something fine, extraordinary yeah. gentlemen. It's not the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. It was not that. Um, but, was, but Was it distinguished? There's something there? like that. It was something about being, you know, full of sure. That would track. Mature. Knowledgeable. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Having yeah. wisdom. Right, yeah, and, the block. And, wise uh, and beyond our years. Wise and beyond our years. That's right. And then, and then you said, like, what about just yeah, fine yeah. gents? We're like banging because yeah. like two syllables is always banging. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's good. Wow, that's rad. And you guys have recorded. A, a yeah, so our EP. Singles, right? um, you know, I, I believe by the time that this uh, this episode is going to be going live, our EP will be out. So we have an eight song EP coming out. Our, our eight song. We have an eight song EP out. 
on uh, people of punk rock records and it's just you know it's it's everything that we love just kind of like fast like melodic like you know that skate punk you know we, we we love bands like you know like suicidal tendencies and just like you know like the really fast stuff that kind of like teeters on the edge of like metal but like still has that like a little bit of a melodic aspect to it mm-hmm. and uh yeah so it's just eight tracks of just like melodic skate punk yeah i noticed that oh, you guys I was captured, amazed. yeah yeah you captured like an era in the, yeah. in the skate punk era you know it's, it has a it, it doesn't sound dated but it sounds like you know what i mean yeah, like yeah well, like in the pocket of skate punk right yeah i mean that's that's always been big with us you know i've always been into the the type of music that's just like you know fast and technical that would just like amp me up you know where i just yeah. hear it and was like yeah, you know, you guys are really tight though. I remember you were sending me demos, like songs. Like, hey, yeah. we're working on this throughout yeah. the process. I'm like, fuck that. You guys are ripping it, you know, like Thanks, early dude. on, you know. Yeah. I was stoked to, to listen to those. Yeah, so and now I share it with these guys too. And uh, yeah, we're like, fuck, here, check out Just New Band, you know. And yeah, you're like, don't tell, don't like show it. anybody, don't tell anybody yeah. about this yet, you know, because you guys are still mixing. Yeah, it, but it was still, it was still like, but it was yeah, cool that you would send that to me, you know. Yeah, I, like, well, I mean, you've sent me tracks of stuff you've worked on. Yeah, it was cool, dude. And just that's how we do. Yeah, I was stoked that you guys were doing something, and and then the final product it's really full you know what I mean it's Thanks, like I, I, I could see you guys playing big stages I mean like yeah. fucking big shows yeah. I don't know if you guys are planning on that but SoFi Stadium maybe yeah not that big <laughs> but uh, you know maybe the Tiki Bar now yeah, right. <laughs> I love the Tiki Bar yeah it's funny sometimes you'll hear some early stuff from people and it's yeah. really rough but yeah. you, hear, you hear something in it but you're like alright it's the germination of something special, yeah, totally. but it's going to be a minute, right? And right. You just wait for it to kind of bake a little more. Yeah, for but, sure. And then sometimes you hear stuff and you're like, dude, a little more polishing than this sucker's, this, this is good. And um, you guys had a level of professionalism in their demos that Stan shared with us. Well, I think... That was pretty impressive. I think, oh, bo- I think both of us, you know, primarily the two of us, we've, we've both been doing this a long time and like, you know, luckily, it's so easy now to just have a, a fucking like a setup at your house you know to where yeah. you can just like track your demos and if you've been playing long enough you know how to program drums you can just like do bass and drums and sing vocals over it and stuff so that's how the you know these songs originally started off is just like kind of like demos like that but you know we know how to do the demos ourselves like if I want to if I write a song like I'll okay I have this idea for a song I'll program drums track guitars track bass track vocals track background vocals yeah. I'll do everything and so where instead of saying like Hey guys, I have an idea for a song. It kind of goes like this, you know. You can be like, "Oh, here I have an idea for a song. Here, this is and it. Here's Press a play. Yeah. fully yeah. fucking big uh, thing. Yeah, yeah. fully yeah. fleshed out so, song. Yeah, idea. And, that, and that's just you know, Bad that's idea. not. Luckily, you can do that nowadays. Where you you couldn't do that in the past. You know, yeah. like nowadays yeah. you have like Logic setups or Pro Tools at your house, so mm-hmm. it's so easy to just go you know track it in your fucking bedroom. You know, like yeah. make. Make it sound like yeah. a full blown. Yeah, so production. that that's kind of how how our songs kind of started off as is like you know almost like fully baked demos, but it's just kind of like we bring it in and then you know the the band kind of like uh, everybody adds their own special touch to it and kind of like makes it their own and a lot of ideas will come up that'll take the song from one direction to like a, an entirely different direction and uh, you know if it works then we just go with it and then you know we then we track everything final you know like but you know this is interesting with the the way this album came out is we had our we had our, the whole ep done and then we all got in the room and jammed we had never yeah <laughs> fucking practiced wow. dude yeah. yeah and so but but because because we lived with these songs for so long 
mm-hmm. you know we just we had a sick uh weekend up at his house and he had, he has like a rad like you know he's got a studio up in his nice. garage which is sick that he had like built out and everything so we just got up and we started jamming the songs and that you know we know them so well by now that it was just like it was pretty bad right away. Wow. So you guys right gelled away. Gelled right, right away. away. Right that away. That's pretty cool. Gentlemen of a certain age. That's that what, the, what, that that's the, what it is. That's that was awesome. what my wife said. She's like, gentlemen of a certain age. Too many syllables. Like it needs to be two yeah. syllables. Yeah. It's a very polite, and then polite way of... Fine gents. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. there you go. Yeah. It's a very polite way of stating yeah. someone's age. That's right. Gentlemen yeah. of a certain age. You know what I like, too, about what you do is... You, with your video editing background, yeah, you'll like do full blown well, music videos before you guys are even like. So if you guys, if you guys, if you end up like going, we have two music videos out for our two singles that came out before the album. Uh, we have one for Ricochet and one for Mad Circus. Yeah. So it's interesting, you know. I was just talking about how we got into the studio together, and we practiced for the first time. So that we were up there for a weekend. The first day we just jammed all day long. The second day, we shot both of our music videos, wow. like, in one singular location. But I know how to do, you know, I know how to do like motion graphics and stuff like that. So I kind of had a vision exactly how these videos were going to look, something that we could do wow. in his studio, and then you know take it to like an entirely different level. And so yeah, we shot those videos like all in the same. You're pretty did. pretty blown did, away by that. Did all blown of our away. Mad Circus, dude, ridiculous. <laughs> they're both they're both awesome, but Mad Circus especially is like styled. Yeah, it was really good. That's cool to be in a band where you also need a music video, right? Right. Yeah. <laughs> Before you even play the yeah. show, right. you know? Yeah. <laughs> I always thought that. Yeah, was cool. we had two music videos and yeah, I'm like a full EP, like an eight song EP, and like we'd f- fucking been jamming then together you break up. No. For, for, for like it, like you know like one weekend basically we don't want but we success yeah <laughs> so so our album is is like you know is, is just coming out right now or the, the ep is just coming out right now but we've already have like you know most of our next album is like already demoed out basically. wow yeah. nice yeah so it's just you know stuff when you when you have like a creative unit where everybody works together like really well and everybody like adds their own kind of thing and personalities work out it's just like it's easy dude it's like it's just easy to keep cranking out material. Oh, totally. it's easy to keep cranking out songs oh, yeah. it's fun everybody's on the same page people throw ideas around it's like hell yeah let's turn this into a song that's cool it's just it makes it's hard to find so too. easy dude yeah. it is it is and, and I think that really is a kind of like a testament to you know like Chris and I being friends since we were like really little kids like yeah. our bass player and, and then Chris is the, the bass player Steuben off Right. Stubendorf. Stubendorf. Chris Stubendorf. Yeah, yeah from back in the documentary yeah. days. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. he did our website or something. Or... He did, yes. Yeah, he, he <laughs> did. He, rad. Oh my God, this is really coming full circle. He did <laughs> the first Punk Rock Chronicles website. No <laughs> way. Yeah. What? Yeah, was our bass cool. player. I didn't know that. Yeah, so he, yeah, he and I, you know, we go back early, early days, you know, like yeah. Stanch, and even before that, we had a band called Blind Rage. And it ended up being called, like, yeah, Blind. I mean, we were teenagers, whatever. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Yeah, and then. Uh, but yeah, so us just you know we we have a, a connection. He he kind of wasn't playing music for a long time, and when we started doing Stench again, I reached out to him like, "Oh, bro, dude, like we, you know, we we need a bass player, like, and I would love for you to play if you want to do it." And he's like, "Dude, I've been like waiting to have an opportunity to get back into just like you know playing and everything." So he wow. dove back in head first and has been playing all the time now, and we just have like a great rapport. But having that connection with him, and then the connection that he has with Matt. Yeah, you know them them having that history together, and then just you know like these two 
units, you know, coming together. Just like synced I, right up. Just synced right up. Yeah. Wow. It just makes it so easy. So he I, has the relationship with Chris a long time. I had the relationship with Matt a long time. And then he but yeah, and I, he and I had a relationship long time. Yeah, yeah. So. yeah. Well, it sounds like it just was the perfect fit like all the way really around. Good. It's, like, it's, like, it's, it's just like a love good. quadrangle. Yeah. 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 So just out of curiosity, from inception to delivery, how long did it take you guys to get this EP off the ground? Well, the inception started back in 2020. Okay. So then, quite yeah. a long time. But you had but, that pause. Yeah, but like it was one of those things where it was like, uh, you know, hey, we're going to do a stench EP. I'm right. going to write yeah. some demos. It was like a week later, I'm like, okay, here's like six demos. Okay. You know? Wow. Um, but... And we were doing Zoom calls with your friend that had the yeah. the, the zine and yeah with Garen yeah. with Garen and yeah and, our and it was a totally stage. different so if it you started not, they're completely but, different but, thing and that that's kind of what I was talking about how like you know everybody has busy lives and stuff and with those guys it just it was hard for them to reconcile like making the time to track drums and. Well, you're dealing with a worldwide pandemic in the middle of all that shit. Yeah, it's right. Kind exactly. of unprecedented. Yeah. But I mean, despite all of that, it's amazing how productive you guys have been. It was really my point. It's yeah. a lot of bands, you know, they just take they drag for whatever reason. You know, things well, aren't syncing up, ideas aren't flushing out. Yeah, whatever. As busy as we are, you know, because I have a full life. You know, I've, I I do a lot. This guy is the same way. And our other guys are, you know, they're the same. Uh, just being able to put out the music and do the videos and stuff, it's like, you know, something has to click to make that even possible with how busy we are. Right, right. So you have to have that dynamic between everybody in the band. Well, you guys found it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, yeah very. very Seems like a lot of talent and no ego, you know, yeah. which actually makes it happen, you know? As you're laughing. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I'm just hiding it. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, yeah, what about touring? Have you guys have any plans to, to tour now? Uh, no plans to tour right now. Um, you know, we, we probably, you know, we probably will, will are going to do some weekend warrior type situations, you know, coming up here pretty soon. But, you know, right now, like going out on a full tour, I mean, like, dude, I've been there like, you know, we've, we used to, I used to tour like, you know, like six to eight months out of the year. Right, right. And having, you know, having zero responsibilities. Yeah. Well, you makes that possible. Right now, we yeah. have two. A little vacation time. Yeah. yeah the so busy lives things. I get the that. The busy lives makes it really right. hard to just like go on a full like tour, you know. But you guys are in different parts of the state, right? So. Yeah. 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 So even playing a show is not really that easy. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, well, our, our, our bass player lives in Santa Cruz. Mm. The rest of us are all down in like the LA area. Yeah. But we made the pact with each other around remember like the the, the, the amount of time necessary to give notice to be able yeah, to do something. Right, like right. we have yeah. we have we have a set system. Up. Yeah, and we're all very organized. I learned from Sam how to be organized. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's the one thing because because we're because we're gentlemen of a certain age, right? So well, we have we're fine we, jets. We have, we're fine jets. Sounds we have a sophisticated <laughs> system of readiness yeah, that prepares right. us yeah. for all oncomers. Yeah. So you know, throw it at us. Is there going to be like a record release show or? Yes, there is. I do not have all the details on it yet, though. It's going to be big. But no, it, you guys, you have ideas. Yeah, yeah. We, we, we've got a lot. Basically, like ever since the EP has been done, we've been doing the same thing we did with the EP, but putting together a live set. We've got a lot of ideas. Yes. That, like we have like a full live set, like all like mapped out start to finish with like all kinds of little like bells and whistles like nice. throughout the set I'm excited, yeah. I'm excited we're excited I mean yeah. like dude like 
I, I, I just love playing these songs. It gets me amped, dude. Like, it's the type of music that, like, I've always, you know, kind of love playing. Just kind of like that fast, like, aggressive shit. So, yeah. you know, what? just we jamming these exactly songs. exactly what like, we wanted. Yeah. You know, yeah, I felt like it was good to, when I heard when I heard the EP, I felt like it was a good, like I said, it was, it didn't sound dated, but it, it was a throwback feeling. Yeah. And it was yeah. exactly, you hit the spot. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Because you know totally. I mean? a lot of things have gotten musically a little bit, and I get this with punk bands, because you don't want to make the same, unless you're Motorhead, you don't want to make the same album 40 times, right? Everybody wants to branch out and try a few things. Yeah, yeah. But I love being in a pocket of skate punk. So yeah. a band that yeah. knows, mm. you know, knows their wheelhouse yeah. and lo- has a love for that and it, sh- pl- it shows in the music and it's not a phoning it in feeling. Yeah, it's, there's mean, a real vibe in there. Yeah, that's, ex- I mean, awesome. that, that that's exactly, that really nails it. It's like, we just, you know, we just do the music that we respond to and that we, that we love, you yes. know, yeah. it's like, and that, that's the kind of music that's always like, you know, pump me up and, yeah. That's well, it shows through on the, in the recording, yeah, so thanks, you did a really man. good job. Awesome, thanks. Yeah. You appreciate that. Yeah. yeah, thanks. Cool, right on. Well, uh, you know, thanks for coming out, dude. I mean, I think this is yeah, it was really cool catching up with you guys and dude, meeting Connor for the first yeah, time. It's yeah, yeah. Pleasure, guys. Yeah, yeah, Shelter, a huge fan of Shelter, so yeah, yeah. me too. Right. Youth of today, <laughs> all that, and all those. Oh, I was yeah, into those today. hardcore bands too. You know yeah. what I mean? You know, so. It, just just like he was saying from like there's a moment there when you catch on to it that changes and we, we've all everyone in this room I know has that feeling there's that moment that catches you when you're young at a show and something switches yeah. and you're never the same again yeah there's yeah. something yeah. special about this particular arena of music that is just like goes to the bones right? that's why that's why punk, punk rock just continues to endure you know what I mean like yeah. other other styles come and they and they go as far as like popularity but like Punk rock isn't, it's not the most popular music in the world, but like it just, it just fucking keeps it's going. solid all the way. There, there's, oh. there are people that have so much love for it, you know, that yep. just like, it propels it. And it's diverse enough in itself with all yeah. the subgenres oh, that I, sure. I've never been bored and I'm, you know, I'm 50, I'll be 51 pretty soon. I've been, yeah. You're 50? Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah man, I know. Uh-huh. But point is, I've been. You're, you're a fine gent. I am a fine gent. <laughs> yeah. Well, you're yeah. I, I don't know about gent, but. Yeah. Uh, He's a dirty gent. But, but you know, like, e, like that, that's why I love It's like the melodic skate punk is such a huge yeah. influence from Southern California guy like me, right? Yeah, for But sure. then I remember going to see Instead. And just going, holy shit! It was a whole other facet of music. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that early hardcore kind of yeah, music dude. that um, I was Great. exposed to just it just reignites. You know what I mean? Just when you're getting a little bit, eh, you know, there's six or seven bands I love, but they kind of sound bad religion, Pennywise. I love yeah, those bands, same. but and then boom, you, you come across some other bands some with other bands, yeah, 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 from a subgenre, and it just reignites your passion for that music. And yeah, punk rock does that for all of us, I think. So that's yeah, a great yeah. point, man. Yeah. That's a great, great point. Awesome. Yeah. Cool. So, so yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, like, if you guys want to check out the album, we're called Fine Gents. You can find Fine us on any, any of the social medias. We're on all the platforms: Spotify, Apple Music, all that stuff. So, right yeah, on. Check it out. Yeah, good shit, dude. And um, yeah, like I said, thanks for coming out. Yeah, for really, sure. I right know, dude. We appreciate it. Yeah, the first anyway, album so. is called Present or Presence. Pre- Present. You choose whatever which way you would like. Yeah, to there's, many, there's many <laughs> different tomato, uh, tomato, meanings right? of it. Yeah, yeah. That's right. yeah. Well, we're proud to present present. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. All, right. Right All right, guys. Thank no. you. Thank you. All right, you. thanks, man. Yeah. Cool. cool. That was awesome, man. All right, thank you guys. Super dope. That was uh, great, dude. That was good.